Hello, everyone. This is Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, the Disrupt Meister. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show. Today is January the 28th, 2020. What happened this day in sports in 2001? Strong hand, long-term thinking. Bitcoin is the next Bitcoin. In motion, five-digit realm. Compete, don't complain. I am still offended by selling. Conventionality belongs to yesterday. Hello, my elite friends. Welcome to the One Bitcoin Show on this lovely evening here in El Paso, Texas. Yeah, you're still up in Los Angeles, California, aren't you? Oh, yeah, all over the world. How you doing, guys? You're watching this live. If you have questions, I've got answers. Now, I just want to make this clear to everyone. If the only way I can see your questions in the chat is if you type in Bitcoin Meister because it turns a different color or you do a super chat. I'm not doing it for any other reasons. I'm not like skipping people. I can't, I, I'm reading, I have a bunch of notes in front of my face here. Out of the corner of my eye, I can see the chat. When I'm doing a show, I'm not reading the chat the entire time. That makes no sense. So the only time I'm going to see stuff in the chat is if I happen to glance over there or if you do a colorful thing, Bitcoin Meister or Super Chat. So that's, that's why we have these rules here. So yes, Carlos Velarde Jr. just typed in Bitcoin Meister. Ravens won in 01. Yes, that is what happened on this very day. The Baltimore Ravens beat the New York Giants 34-7 to in the Super Bowl. And Ray Lewis was the MVP. Pound that like button for when you valued your wealth in the NFL. It's always good to have one little distraction. Don't be obsessed for a whole season. All right, dudes. Um, but that's a, that is a fond memory uh, of my youth there. Okay, move, moving on. Uh, so I said I said uh, how to do the if you got questions and Carlos just he he followed the rules exactly and look at, and out of the corner of my eye I saw it and of course you get a new show here every day if you're watching this taped please play the two X um, check out Fridays this week in Bitcoin show we were talking about Venezuela Saturdays Beyond Bitcoin DisruptMeister.com you get all my old shows so check that out follow me on Twitter at TechBalt T E C H B A L T I want to say. The people who are listening to this right now, um, my podcast at sportsmeister.com, that's where you can listen to the show instead of seeing me. I know some people feel the need to see me, um, but the podcast has been really doing well uh, lately. So thanks for all the support over there, people. Um, it's almost as big as YouTube by certain measurements. So check it out. Thanks, guys. And if you want to support the podcast, there's a link below the video and a link below the podcast. They allow you to contribute through Anchor and all this. Anyway, all sorts of ways to contribute. The best way I say to contribute is just retweet my tweets or mention me on Twitter, and I'll mention you. And I, there's someone who mentioned me in a poll, and I'm going to save that uh, for, for the end. So speaking of Twitter, Tour de Meester, who has been on my show a few times, what what a great contributor to Twitter. That's someone you should follow and you should read this dude every day. I read him every day. And today he reposted an article, which is linked to below, about Bitcoin entities. 
there's this big argument. How many people really own Bitcoin? And well, look, there's so many Bitcoin addresses, but only a few have more than one and only a few, a few have more than 0.01. And there's only a few with 100, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this person, uh, Glassnode, their article is, how many entities hold Bitcoin? And that is a great way to, to, to sum up uh, who's, who's a holder. It's not necessarily a person. It's an entity. And he, he's created a way of figuring out addresses associated with one entity. Now, an entity can also be an exchange. The seven largest entities are exchanges. But I think most entities out there are people. So let, let's get into his Go. The article itself is awesome. All sorts of charts, all sorts of new ways of looking at Bitcoin and seeing how elite you are in terms of being a Bitcoin entity and holding Bitcoin. So the seven richest entities are exchanges control over 2.3 million Bitcoin. That is 13% of the circulating Bitcoin supply. Now I say that because the only reason they do that is because of the weak hands out there, the traders, the people who do not understand how to control their private keys. Those people who don't know how to control their private keys, they're not they're not Bitcoin entities at all. They don't own any Bitcoin. It's all at these exchanges. The exchanges are the entities that have their Bitcoin. It's not their Bitcoin. So the seven richest entities would not be well would not control 13% of all the circulating Bitcoin if it were not for the weak hand traders out there. But hey, you guys are going to do what you're going to do. You custodial people who are CUCKs and want to see other people holding your Bitcoin. I mean, do what you're I mean, it's out there. It's not that hard to use the Trezor. Uh, there's, there's other ways to control your own private key. But going back, going back to this. So according to our analysis, uh, as of January of 2020, the number of entities holding Bitcoin is 23.1 million. Only 23.1 million entities hold Bitcoin. All right. And I think they, they define that as over 0.001. I, I look at the chart. It's it's uh, not that much what it, what it is. Um, and many of you may remember back in 2015, I said, hey, if you buy 10 Bitcoin now, you are going to be elite. Well, guess freaking what, dudes? Guess freaking what? <laughs> They're only, um, I didn't write down the exact number there, but it, it's something like, uh, I think, 160,000 uh, entities that uh, own 10 or more Bitcoin. Only 0.6% of all the entities own 10 or more Bitcoin. So in fact, if you own 10 Bitcoin, you are more than a 1% you are a 0.6% entity, okay? That is pretty good. If you own more than 100, there's only 15,706 of them. Um, people out, the entities out there, excuse me, that's only 0.06% of all Bitcoin entities own more than 100. So if you own more than 100, yeah, you're like uber freaking elite there. But hey, over 10, you are, oh man, there's no doubt about it, 0.6%, you are freaking elite. So I linked to Turdemeister below also. He was the one who retweeted this. A lot of people are retweeting it right now. Um, read the article. And of course, another a great reason to follow uh, Twitter. All right. Um, I got to pound that like button. A question from Roman Q. 
to go beyond Bitcoin for a second. All right. What do you think of the Israeli Arab proposal by the Trump administration? I, I haven't I, I haven't read the whole thing yet. Um, you know, there's no right of return, which is, of course, that may, that would make no sense because people never live there. Um, that's good. They get the Israel gets to keep Judea and Samaria. That's real good. I mean, that's it's the important part of it. Uh, there's he wants to put a tunnel, build a tunnel. I, I, again, I, I think one of the things that's being left out there is why there's a lot of Arabs that don't want to be there. Why not just pay them to leave? That that would that would help a lot. That would help the situation. Ha, have that, but but otherwise. Uh, I mean, it's, it's okay. Hey, <laughs> the Arabs are already burning down towns. They, they, they haven't even read it yet. And they don't like it. It's nonsense. And, I, and again, it's not all Arab people that are, that are insane like that. But there's a, there's a vocal group in the land of Israel, um, in Judea and Samaria, in Gaza, in Gaza especially. Um, I mean, the, why do you need such agreements? I mean, stop. If you're in Gaza, stop sending bombs into Israel. Just stop being criminal. You lost. They lost. They 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 lost a long time ago in 1967. They should just you know take it. And if they don't like being there, the Israel should pay them the move. But uh, yeah, it's I guess the deal is the deal, the deal's fine. They, uh, I, the the Arabs should take the freaking deal. All right, I, I probably have more to say about it on uh, on Saturday when I look at it a, a little closer. But he didn't. He didn't propose anything ridiculous uh, in, in terms of you know like right of return and, and, and insanity like that because right of return is the is the destruction of the state of Israel. That's all it is, and uh, so there, there was nothing there was nothing in it that uh, leads to the destruction of of, uh, of the Jewish homeland. So that's uh, that's very nice. All right, m- moving on uh, <laughs> a little beyond Bitcoin moment there, but hey, yeah, he had the question. I answered it. So let's talk about coin joiners here. The, there's an article called Coin Join Flagging from 6102. And here's, here's a recommendation right here, dudes. If you got Bitcoin on an exchange, don't directly send it to a coin join, okay? Don't do that, all right? They, they, in this article, they list some of the exchanges that are getting strict with that. I don't understand the people who use coin joins and then send the coins to an exchange after that. If you're that concerned about privacy, why are you sending your coin joined coins to a KYC exchange? Uh, that, that I don't get, but I do understand why people might not think and send their Bitcoin they bought on an exchange to a coin join. That, that I, don't do that. Don't do that. Move it. Uh, move it to another address, then to a coin join. I mean, one thing you could do is, is use BISC. BISC is a, is, is a good solution here. Um, use, if you need to get altcoins for some reason, and who the heck needs to get altcoins? I mean, just use BISC with your already coin join coins and uh, you'll be okay. Uh, there's There's other techniques that you could do if you, Buy Bitcoin on exchange and then you send the Bitcoin to BISC and you turn it into an altcoin and then you turn the altcoin 
you can take some some intermediate steps there. It, check out the, the the article, and you'll learn more about coin joins. And there are many people that are interested in that. But when you're playing with KYC exchanges, you're entering their realm. You're entering their their realm totally. So you're good. You, you have to deal with the fiat stuff and the arbitrary arbitrary how arbitrary it can be. And uh, yeah, they, there are a lot of unwritten rules at those exchanges. Hey, but if you're if you value your wealth in fiat, then hey, that's your thing. But I don't think that many people who use coin joins would value their wealth in fiat. I, I don't get the crossover there. But hey, check out the article yourself. So for all you privacy freaks out there, Bitcoin Magazine has a new article since we're on the topic of privacy. In part two of our mini series looking at potential privacy improvements to coin join mixing, we take a look at the 2017 research paper that analyzed the privacy potential for non-equal coin joins in depth through knapsack mixing. Okay, so read that if you're interested. I didn't read it, <laughs> but I know some of you guys are interested. And so I've, uh, I, I recommend uh, certain articles, Bitcoin Magazine, very reliable source of information. And that's, uh, I never heard of a knapsack mixing before. Pound that like button. Um, all right, I'm just seeing if I have any more notes. Okay. So I was talking to George Donnelly some more, okay? Because I saw uh, another person out there that I follow on Twitter. And George Donnelly was a guy who used to like Dash a lot. And he has revealed that in Venezuela, there were some corrupt Dash players. And, he, and then he got kicked out of Dash because he, he said the truth. He said the truth that there were some people being shady with Dash in Venezuela. And he got kicked out of Dash, even though he, he put a lot of his own time and money and effort into, into the project. So I saw that someone tweeted out a Yahoo, well, in an article of theirs, I'm not going to say who this was. It's, it's a respectable person, but I'm not going to embarrass the person. He linked to a Yahoo Finance article, which is actually a reprint of another, another article that says that clearly is just a uh, Dash press release, a blindly printed Dash press release. Dash sees 562% increase in active uh, addresses in, in Venezuela, I think is the, is the uh, title here of it. And I, I didn't write down the correct title. But yeah, you know, I did. It says Dash sees 562% increase in active wallet users in Venezuela. Now, part of the reason I'm sharing this is because certain publications, when you send out a press release with a big number like that, they just reprint it for you. I'm Cointelegraph, whoever it may be. I think you can pay Cointelegraph to <laughs> reprint your, your – and then everybody and then everybody just – it works. I mean it works. You give them a big number. Everybody starts to pick it up, all these blind mainstream publications, even Yahoo. People retweet it. People then put it into their articles and say, oh, whoa, look, look how great Dash is doing. And George said that, no, it's bogus. That number is inflated. He told me it's inflated again. I, I even, I'm like, dude, is this part of the issue here? Because you told me there's the people in Venezuela that aren't telling the truth. He's like, yeah, that, that's not a real number. That's not a real number. And he, he sent me uh, articles that should people, independent research that, that shows that the Dash is inflating numbers in Venezuela. So a lot of you are saying, well, who really cares about this? 
Part of the reason, again, part of the reason I'm sharing is because be careful what you read in these mainstream publications. And that it's really easy to pass off to get a story into these publications that got a big flashy number. And then it becomes fact when it's not even fact. Uh, so George is now into Bcash, by the way. And I link to what George is doing over at Bcash. If anyone's interested to see what, what he's doing over there, uh, I do link to that. Uh, and by the way, my Bcash prediction is, you know, a lot of people are saying that they're going to be in trouble after the Bcash halving and BSV is going to be in trouble after the Bcash halving, after their halvings, which are before the Bitcoin halving, because all their miners are going to switch over to um, Bitcoin. I, I don't think the blindly buy, the altcoiners blindly buy into their coin with, with, over a big event. That's a big event. The halving is a big event. So, and I also think since since both of them are centralized, one is proposed a 12.5% tax, that's Bcash. Um, and then, of course, we have B BSV, which is all based around one dude's ego and a billionaire. Um, they'll be able to manipulate things and, and, and save themselves uh, and do some unprofitable mining. Who knows? Who knows what they'll be able to pull off? So I'm not I'm not predicting the end of the line for Bcash and BSV. In fact, I, I think leading up to their halvings, Bcash especially uh, will go all up. BS, BSV is a little bit more unpredictable because of just all the nonsense that is based around my lord. And I mean, to give you an example of altcoin, like the altcoin buyers, traders, whoever, whatever they are out there, they don't really think about fundamentals very much. B gold just had a 51% attack and the price went up. Okay. I mean, I mean run that through your head there. So, for, I mean, there's a lot of logical, uh, Rocky gives lots of logical reasons why Bcash is, is doomed <laughs> because of the halving, but, uh, you know, B gold just was attacked and the price went up. These are things you don't want to mess with. They're gambles. They're total gambles. So speak, and by the way, Jim just sent $1.99, value your wealth in Bitcoin, he says. Thank you very much, Jim. Thank you very much. All right. So moving on, what do we have? King of the Trolls. Oh, yeah. An article about King of the Trolls has backed down from 12.5% tax on Bcash. Okay. He's backed down. He thinks they can solve the problem. He wasn't too much into it in the first place, he says. Um, maybe they'll be able to come up with a better solution. It's uh, his mining pool pool support for the Bcash Development Fund over chain split threat. So what happened, and I linked to this below, uh, some of the miners, the minority miners got together, a representative wrote an article say, saying why they didn't support the 12.5% Bcash tax and how if the bigger miners went through with it, they were gonna fork off and form their own coin. <laughs> they, were gonna, they were gonna do their own Bcash. So because of that, that knocked King of the Trolls into his senses, okay? And he basically says that, that that threat worked. But, and there's still a big but out there. And so they said, since, since King of the Trolls pulled out of the agreement, that they're willing to you know, see how this might work out. But how about this, guys? How about if the other big players don't pull out and they still go with the 12.5% tax? Will these guys again threaten their uh, threaten their fork? 
I, I think it's quite reasonable to think so. So we might end up with two B caches if they go through with this 12.5% tax. Hey, it's an interesting experiment. Interesting to see. As of yesterday, I didn't know about this uh, threat by the minority uh, miners, but now I do know about it, even though they've withdrawn it temporarily. Well, maybe maybe not temporarily, maybe forever, but it's, it's linked below. You can read it all. Uh, all right. So let's talk about D5 real quick here. Not much money flowing into D5 like uh, in the ICO days, okay? So DeFi is not on the same level as, as ICOs. Um, the I ICO uh, had five times the amount of uh, money thrown at it, okay, of, of Ethereum thrown at it. So it, there's an article about this asking why, why hasn't the DeFi, the locked up DeFi money pumped the price of Ethereum? And it's, it's an interesting article. Interesting article gives you... You know, be familiar with this DeFi trend since I think it's going to get bigger. Uh, but th there's some really interesting points here. Delphi Digital went on to point out that the 3 million Ethereum currently locked up in various DeFi applications is small potatoes compared to the more than 16 million Ethereum raised for ICOs uh, from mid-2016 to mid-2018. It should be noted that this was a time when Ethereum supply was even lower. OK, so which means ICOs were accounting for an even greater percentage of the currently available supply of Ethereum. Now, put simply, none of these DeFi projects are attracting new capital to flow into Ethereum as buying pressure. So right now, there is money flowing into DeFi, but hardly any of it is from outside of the Ethereum ecosystem. In order for Ethereum to pump, we got to get a bunch of people from not only outside of Ethereum, just outside of cryptocurrency, newbies flowing into cryptocurrency, piling their money into Ethereum like they were doing back in 2017 with the uh, with the ICO craze. There were a lot of people that were skipping the Bitcoin interme intermediary there. They weren't buying Bitcoin, then Ethereum, then ICOs. They were hearing about ICOs and they were just buying Ethereum and then doing whatever they had to do to get, get those ICOs. So th th there's your answer right there. For DeFi to start having a greater impact on the Ethereum price, these applications will need to attract users who haven't already been holding Ethereum for a number of years. That said, from the perspective of Delphi Digital, general speculation on the price of Ethereum is still the main driving force behind the crypto assets valuation. Okay. Uh, all right, J John Stramitis, who I always pronounce his name incorrectly. He sent $20 in the super chat. What a great guy. For the best pro Bitcoiner ever. You're a machine, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm a machine, like secretariat. Listen to that. Watch that race from 1973. What they call him? An in incredible machine? Oh, I, I forgot the exact quote. <laughs> it, it, it's great. The guy uh, calling the race when the secretariat is running away uh, by 31 lengths. Now, I'm no secretariat, but I, I am a machine. It's, it's my system. New show every single day. What is that line? I got, I got to watch that. I got to watch that. It's only two minutes. You played it. Uh, you played it at 2x. It's one minute. What did they call secretariat in the, in the 1973 Belmont when he won the Triple Crown? It's, 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 uh, oh, God. That's when sports. 
with sports, baby. You know, the, these old passers, everything was original back then. It's all been done now, it seems like. <laughs> there wasn't, I mean, huge national events back then, horse racing. Okay. It was a different time. It was a different time in the day. My father told me about all this stuff. He, he, they loved that kind of stuff back in the day, 1973 and whatnot. Okay. Invincible machine. Anyway, thank you for the $20. Yeah, you all got a little bit of beyond Bitcoin there. So if you'd like to hear me tell stories about horse races from 1973 that I watched on YouTube, um, you can see me February 22nd in Las Vegas at Tone Vase's Unconfiscatable event. I'll be hanging out there thanks to Tone and the boys. And I don't know what the heck I will be doing there, if I will even be on stage at all. But I will be there on the 22nd. You'll be able to meet me and all these other cool dudes like uh, Juan Galt and Tone and Jimmy Song. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll just be there February 22nd in Las Vegas. Everyone knows I despise the city of Las Vegas. I think it's the most unhealthy city in America. But if, hey, if, <laughs> if for an event like this, I'll come out there. And no offense to the people who live there or anything. It's just uh, people come there to do the worst things. Gambling, um, smoking, eating unhealthy. Um, I mean, I, I enjoy when I'm there because I go to the workout room. I'm the only person there. I mean, or staring at a TV, watching the NFL all day. I mean, it's, it's the stuff that goes on there. And, and the stuff that paying for women, it's, it's oh, horrifying, horrifying. But I will be there. Uh, un, and it's linked to below. <laughs> Unconfiscatable.com. All right. Okay, so I, I mentioned that someone had a poll on, uh, and he copied me on the poll. Heart of Bitcoin. It's, it's, for, it's for you fiat freaks who are excited by... Uh, uh, and this, this is this is having hype type stuff because you know as as the, as we talk more about more about the having, the price goes up just like in the as it went up in terms of fiat leading up to 2016. And what is this guy's question? The poll is uh, five digit realm this weekend. <laughs> okay, whatever. We'll get there. We'll get there eventually, man. We're one day closer to the five digit realm. But hey, I link to the poll below. It's it's fun. Um, it puts a big smile on your face. And I know there were some people today, you know, we don't talk about the, the fiat price uh, very much, but I mean, I know today there were a lot of people excited about the, uh, the, the fiat price. It, it's, uh, it's doing pretty well, apparently, isn't it? Again, it's having hype, baby, leading up to this uh, beautiful 2020 having. Who knows? Who knows? We're one day closer to an all-time high. And yeah, the all-time high, it's not happening before the halving. Uh, that that I'm pretty sure of. So don't get too excited. That's for a little bit later. We last time we got our all time high was well, it, it was after the halving. It was more than six months after the halving. Uh, it was the beginning of beginning of 2017, and then it reached the last all time high at the end of uh, 2017. But it broke the previous all time high at. The beginning of 2017. Okay, I've wasted too much time on that. Finally, I just want to tell everybody, if you like music, what do I link to here today? Ballroom Blitz by Sweet. Great show. Great uh, great song. Uh, brings back uh, happy memories. Uh, so it, it's, I think it'll get all of you excited if you're watching this late at night. You don't want to get too excited if you're trying to go to sleep. But if you're waking up, hey, 
it'll get you it'll get you in motion baby and it's all about being in motion people mentally physically get some exercise every day today was my no run day but i walked like two two three miles something like that all right because i walk places i walk to get food you, you walk that's how you stay healthy oh man i just looked at myself i gotta say i'm looking pretty fine today pound that like button that's why you watch this show right to see this fine freaking face no thanks a lot to the guys who listen to this show seriously I'm Adam Meister, the Bitcoin Meister, this is Rep Meister. Remember to subscribe to this channel, like this video, share this video, check out the links below, pound it, bang it, click on the squares. I'll say hi to you dudes in the chat. Bye-bye.